Welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. And anyone who's new, you have a 5D mystic enlightenment functional adult here speaking to you. So woo-woo, pseudoscience lady, it's all good. But we learn about being securely attached and navigating your nervous system and having relationships minus the drama. And from my 5D mystics to talk about our clairs and experiences in a way that is very different then the 4D plane, I was planning on doing something with the Akashic Records, but I think that I'm going to just segue into it in this episode. So, Because implicit memory is actually quite important for every person to know about, and because 4D doesn't look at their human side, they don't know that they have obviously not a very good relationship with human beings. So their implicit memory, the first three years of our life, it's only implicit memory. It means you don't have words to put to the sensations that arise in your body. In fact, implicit memory is that. It is sensations that come up. It can be behaviors, and this is where I get taught this by Daniel Siegel. I'm looking for my notes if there's other areas that I wrote it down as we discussed how a person can make sense of their bodily sensations and perceptions as they arise. So it's implicit memory as long as it's not integrated, which is why people have unresolved trauma and their trust breaks and their attachment wounds, as well as knowing, though, the difference between being securely attached and moving into secure attachment is all people's possibility. And moving into restorative embodied self, in fact, it's human nature to be loved because we're naturally made to have a consistent contingent communication, relationship, meaning we learn to, one, self-regulate by safely co-regulating. When instead, though, you're not safe to co-regulate, that's why we have a bunch of trust break people with wounds, inner child wounds, they don't go to good therapy, they're projecting towards humanity, all of their broken-hearted three-year-old stuff. Humans suck, only nature, let's save only the animals, that's, that's bullshit, we're all part of nature, we're all people. So the people who in their mouth have illness to say about humanity, they have a three-year-old, I call it, broken heart because you feel yucky about being a human. And your implicit memory is giving you that sensation. My body doesn't say yucky human. No, it says I'm a beautiful human, you're a beautiful human. And when projection happens, so people who don't make sense of their implicit memory, that's why behavior does come into the mix, unresolved trauma, biological rudeness. 4D, 3D, people in separation consciousness are human beings who don't move to integrate their brain, meaning they don't move to work with their emotional plane. They don't move to learn to self-regulate. They don't move to secure attachment. They don't even care about it. Or if they're using words, they're talking about it, I don't know, robotically or something. Because if they move to wholeness, they will be like, wow, I'm alive. This is awesome. Like any person that I've heard who's healed officially, effectively, they're an adult. They're like, wow, I'm back. I'm back from outer space. Yeah, they're like back to themselves because they will know this is my nature. To be myself is this, to be a person in my ventral vagal state. I didn't have a good childhood. That's the only reason my implicit memory was reminding me of the unsafety of co-regulation because I didn't get to. Let me read to you Patrick Tiahan on that note. As he says, abused children can feel intense shame about being a member of a toxic family. He says, when in reality, they are stuck in a system that they didn't, get to choose. And the part about shame, putting it for a second to the side, 
people are in hypervigilance mode, as again, Patrick Dehan, he's a childhood trauma survivor, healed healing and therapist, and continues to build a community and help people. And he shares how not to project your inner child stuff. And so he gives really great examples of if a person's using unresolved trauma, their implicit memory, it's all one and in the same because your behavior, when you're reactive, it's because you are reacting from your nervous system and in your modality that you're used to. I'm going to go beat up Bill. If he looks at me one more time, that's unresolved trauma. Some people are like, no, that's us going soft. No, it's you learning the difference between being a brokenhearted three-year-old with implicit memory that stems from your body that you're not harnessing and you're not learning to self-regulate. No, you're in your sympathetic. You can go ahead and live in your sympathetic if you want. You're hurting your organs, by the way, but hey, go ahead and just think it's about shouting. You can get just as like, you know what, Bill does that uh, and have a very different feeling in your body because you're coming at it from a ventral nervous system because you're adult enough because your emotions, you process that implicit memory stuff. The part about what I'm trying to share more and more is that you don't know how to self-regulate safely unless you had the ability to safely self-regulate with another human being. That's why people don't learn safe co-regulation. So whenever somebody gets close to you, you are not feeling safe until you recognize the hypervigilance state. So Patrick Tehan uses the example of uh, you're waiting for the next shoe to drop at work or you're waiting for the next fight in your relationship because you're just on edge. You're on edge all the time. When things are peaceful, you're like, what the fuck's going on? No, no, this can't be not normal. This is the minute that you can be aware of yourself and say, wait a minute, no, I, I'm in a hypervigilant nervous system state because I'm used to consistently being here because of my first years of life and my implicit, implicit memory and the first three years are very important in making sense of the state, not in a way of accusing the toxic, if one wants to use, I don't like using toxic, but understand that a person who will move through their trauma and heal, that's angry, that rage that is not well spent, but that once a person knows, it, and that was another Patrick Tehan, we looked at rage as you being, let me go find that one, because that one's really important for people to understand that their rage is not something to be ashamed of either, it's just something you want to learn to manage. Rage is the result of people hurting and shaming you over and over and not being able to release it. And this one's another one of his shares, and it's a quote from his mentor, Amanda Curtin, L-I-C-S-W. So he quotes her, and he shares, over and over in the toxic family system, kids lose. In the day-to-day -day life, there are blame, shame, chaos, horrific and unfair situations, loss of innocence, betrayal, and lack of protection. Trying to be seen, and it never works. And the worst is the contempt for your reactions. We have rage, lots of it, and it's mixed with grief and heartbreak. And then he says, unfortunately, this spills into our present lives and our triggers. Or we cap it, resulting in stuck emotions. And that's where those who are healthy, he ends with saying rage is there for good reason. Unfortunately, we'll stew or react from it until we get an opportunity to release it with healthy people. Releasing it with healthy people means talking about it, though. It means a person taking ownership, which is why he suggests therapy. I know a lot of people don't want to do therapy that could do therapy and get their rage. One of my closest friends, he's never gotten into therapy when he has had his behavior when he was younger. He's calming down because he's older now. But yeah, let me finish reading the other. Then we'll keep talking about this. But I'm back to the other Quote, abused children can feel intense shame about being a member of a toxic family. 
when in reality they are stuck in a system that they didn't choose. So he says, for many childhood trauma survivors, we carry shame about our families, about what our families were like. Examples, chaotic, dysfunctional families that a neighbor would dislike, public shame. Then he says, alcoholic or substance use of the parents, public shame again. Extreme rigidity, such as religious fundamentalism, public shame. Assimilation issues, such as having immigrant parents where part of the abuse is growing up in two cultures, pressure and public shame. Parents who are duplicitous, charming, or icky in public and nasty in private, public shame. Families that have secrets or don't address big issues, such as family members struggling with a mental or physical shame. Many survivors had to run from a friend's mother from school because they didn't want to... They didn't want them to see their visibly unkept house because they were growing up with drug-addicted or alcoholic parents. The child takes on the shame created by dysfunction as if they were an accomplice in the dysfunction. Survivors can spend their whole lives trying to hide this. If you resonate with this idea around shame, he says, your inner child might need help separating that you weren't responsible for what parents created all the ick. That child was just caught up in it. Children need help to hate their situation versus hating themselves, which is what they'll do to survive. I would say not hate their situation. I would not use that word personally because it will carry vengeance within it. I would say people, because we're not talking about children anymore, so he's talking about healing the inner child as a therapist who supports people to heal their inner child. And I'm going to add that some people can make sense of their lives, that implicit memory, and actually emotionally be grown up. And that's because they can have the intellect to understand that no person, no family member, none of our ancestors chose unresolved trauma. No person chose to have emotions that arose and arise that make a person then make that become reactive our nervous system has three modalities of its response and our reptilian nervous system is not a reptile from who knows where it has actually served us when we were very much one with nature without having communes to sit together or whatever they're called it was once at least a stephen porges study he's he's still researching but when you look at polyvagal theory he shares that, I forget in what year our ventral vagal nervous system came to be, but it was once we were able to sit together as a group of people safely and begin to count on each other. In fact, the emotion of shame in and of itself is not only a posture, so we have two types of shame, then we have the cult public people. Uh, the shame is where our brain picks up on it, I forget what side, where you're being basically looked at by somebody and they might be judging you. Okay, so here's where a securely attached person, I raise my hand, a three-year-old whole heart and somebody with never having had shame this way or any dysfunction, so having a household where you can safely co-regulate versus having a household where you cannot safely co-regulate. Difference in those first three years of life of how you feel about yourself and how you feel about humanity. So I trust humanity and I am therefore very at ease when I say, for example, to people, I'm in favor of anarchy. It's not because I'm in favor of it, meaning let me go vote for it. No, I, I will actually always be somebody who will look to have a system because I trust that even though it's not perfect, it is going to work out because I trust people. Okay, but I say anarchy because I see suppression of a person's essence of themselves 
And here, let me go grab our lovely Sadhguru, his recent quote, which is, listen to everyone, but never let what they say determine how you are. And so a person who has a whole three-year-old heart, that's where we have always done this. That's why when I get called stubborn, hard-headed, uh, not wavering, all things that my caring connections know, it's true because I will hear you, but I'm doing me. And because sometimes people, they're sharing with you, not because they just want you to hear them. They, they think you need to do what they're saying to you to do because their perspective is, I'm telling you to do life the right way. And so here's where a whole three-year-old heart does not feel pressured or like, let me nag at my family for being a pain in the ass. No, we learn how to be grown-ups about it because people who care about each other, they're in each other's business. That's the point. The only people who find it pushy are the people who don't yet have a whole three-year-old heart. So their heart strings are, oh, my family's shaming me. People are shaming me. There's a difference when you're getting into discussion because you're intellectually and just because you want to, because that's the whole... When Sadhguru has that quote about friends being friends, fuck you, fuck you, you're shit, you're shit. We all have moods. We all can be reactive. So on that note, I would say there are definitely groups of people that I'm certain will handle their implicit memory and be able to understand that no family chooses dysfunction or unresolved trauma. So to say and use the word hate is strong because it is going to allow a person to work with their trauma with an energy and an emotion that does not allow them to move out of that grief and heartbreak and torture of a zero one-year-old panicky sooner than later. The ability to use forgiveness the way Daniel Siegel points out, which is the past can never change. And so you allow yourself to be grounded in your own presence and hold the implicit memory in your hand. The uncharging is requiring the human being who's using your left mode when you're chit-chattering. And your right mode is where the sensations, the unknown, and all of that stuff comes up. Your body language, you're looking at somebody in the eye, okay? So if you are not collaborative in the sense of, I want to optimize my higher, my infinite higher human consciousness potential experience by bringing my thoughts and my emotions to the forefront in Dharma, in the neutrality, looking at duality, and here's where let me work with my charge, let me work with my likes and dislikes, let me work with all that arises. It's a process of integration of your brain, but it's a process of you handling the emotions that arise. Now, as I said, I'm a securely attached person, so I have had the first three years and ongoing of life safely co-regulating. That's why humans are not dangerous for me. And consistently, I moved through that. So when I became a teenager, even though there were definitely trust, quote-unquote, breaks, meaning people didn't keep their word. People don't treat each other in the way of let's talk it out, right? People don't do... I've seen many people not know how to talk about stuff. And that's because they're ego-sensitive is the word that I'm going to use. But we got what is implicit memory going on. And so putting that all to the side because I'm not going to talk about that one. It's straightforward when people are projecting what they're doing. What you want to notice is the path that you are given thanks to there being now good information that is still updating. So not all the neuroscience or psychology people learn about the mind, nor do they get interested. They furthermore go against the new information. Like with 4D mystics, by the way, for my 5D mystics who keep talking about volcanoes, for example. Recently, I saw this whole post about volcanoes and the lava coming out of the evil coming into the world. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you seriously 
doing, what is this? This isn't even mythology class because you're actually talking to groups that I know will think, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because there's 4D who think we're in this spiritual warfare thing. It's ridiculous to a 5D mystic because there's no warfare going on. There's nothing in the mind's eye except for when we're experiencing things. And really what I should add is this, their implicit memory, their trauma memory is lingering in their brain and they're not going to get support when they have nightmares or when they see demons or whatever it is they see, especially if it's actually something that is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intrusive. Okay, so when I started my course on disorganized attachment with Daniel Siegel and I'm almost finished with it, I got the honor and I have the beautiful blessing to be able and be educated as I support people with personal development. And your nervous system is all about your personal development, but you need to be able to handle your emotions, which means you need to be able to know your nervous system. And yes, yoga helps you because it gives you a ventral vagal nervous system toning exercises, but that's not what's going to help you to move into being an adult. No, your brain, as I was saying, and not just sitting in silence either, that's going to help you to start doing those pillars of the mind. So you're going to start helping your brain to grow into a good prefrontal cortex, a good corpus callosum, a good hippocampus, especially, by the way, those areas are all affected by trauma, okay? So any person who's had trauma, especially in that first year of life, meaning that their brain developed in an unsafe environment, their brain will have done the best it could and uh, not stimuli because of not being tended to in a specific way. There's a third of attunement and then repairing ruptures. So on that note, uh, when you do what you do with focused med meditation, you're helping yourself to regain what was what could have been your brain had you been lucky to get a functional family that was able to have a specific way of handling you. And, and as Daniel Siegel points out, let's not make blanket statements that people who come out of homes and they're not securely attached had a home that was horrible. No, there's many reasons and circumstances and there's, there's a lot that goes behind what they're looking into. And people that make blanket statements, it's because they're trying to find a culpable party. It's called shame, blame, fault, and revenge. And that's called trauma safety behavior of adaptive children who don't have their whole three-year-old heart yet. They're trying to prove shit. So they have a teenager in the room who's protecting their own inner child, shame, whatever, and they're making a group. You can tell because that's exactly it. If your group is not humanity, you have not yet achieved full visibility of your three-year-old art. Otherwise, you'd be like, yeah, I'm a human. Oh, it rocks. You're all rocking and rolling. Let's get us all together on good implicit memory. Let's help each other with that, shall we? Not Storyland with the demons and devils and any of that other. Again, it's, it's, it's a human, uh, not race. It's a human world with, with animals. They have... Uh, primary consciousness. They, they don't have secondary, so they don't know that they're going to die. They're not consciously aware of that. We are. And that whole what's the meaning of life is what gets us to stay and talk and, and want to be here. And integrated brains, the adults, they love to do flexible conversations, adaptive, coherent, energized, stable. Coherent means we are able to adapt. It means we're resilient, not rigid. Rigid means my three-year-old came out and said, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> And for teenagers, they just got a silverback that allows them to shout a little bit louder. That's all. But it's a rigid room, unforgiving, harsh, and they don't know how to use their brain. They don't even know how to use their ventral vagal, no matter how much yoga they may ever do. If they don't know how to have fun, and you can always tell if a body's having fun in a room because of their demeanor. 
oh, because we're all nervous systems, we pick each other up the minute we're in each other's presence. And when you're aware of your own nervous system, you're going to be aware of what's around you because you're going to be aware of, I love life, so what's this energy that's going on? Oh, no, it's not an energy vampire. There are none of that. But there are people with aroused nervous systems who want to consistently relive their trauma. No, they don't want to. They don't know that their default mode network only turns on when they're reliving their dysfunctional patterns and oh let's go back against the hypervigilance oh wait what's going to go on what's going to or the rage that isn't worked with or whatever it is i've seen it happen the behaviors and i've shared a story more than once it was when i was in ibiza and uh there was a two people they dropped the bottle this person who's a friend reacted in the way that they did as a teenager, which is why I'd never hung out with their crew, because their crew was very visible to me. Uh, troublemakers is the word that I will use as I was a teenager and saw troublemakers wherever I could not be around them. That's the best idea because they were easily brought to choose to use their hands versus to use their mouths. And as a person who learned about using my mouth versus my hands, because we are a society that says we are moving forward, I agree with that. And I agree with not needing to use hands unless it's necessary, which means that I have an actual physical weapon upon me, not that I have somebody who might be rude to me, for example, or who might be whatever. And, and, and so this is where people begin to make their choice points, by the way, as they grow up. So as a teenager, I learned how to continue to be my own self as a person who's respectful and loving and not say, oh, I don't trust people because there's some mean people. They're not mean. They're people who don't know how to live life. And actually, when you go and look at their families, you're going to understand. In fact, I knew the troublemakers' families because I knew of their stories because we were friends. I just wouldn't have ever hung out. You know, what's interesting is when people feel protected and uh, this is something that's always interesting when perspective meets the eye. Okay, so people need to first, first I should say, if you know your own self as a person, not special, none of it, means you have a nervous system, I have a nervous system, and we all lead with fear. Independently from what any person will think, their body will keep them safe, and so will their mind, which is why if you come from a dysfunctional nervous system situation, you're going to be more likely than not to have an inclination towards violence because, again, rage comes from having been treated a certain way and having felt helpless, which is something that is just common sense to a person who doesn't feel that way. And I have always, in fact, looked to people who use tactics as people who are not as strong, as people who will come to your face and say, yeah, I did it. What do you want to do about it now? Because one, there's no shame for a person who's a whole three-year-old heart because we don't live in the ancient times. And so a person's opinion means nothing to us because we have healthy self-worth. This is what it's called. I'm not superior and inferior. I did something. I'll take ownership. What are you going to do about your ownership though? Because I'll face your eyes. I'll look at you. I'll stare you down. But I will stand with what is called value and honor because I didn't do anything that I need to be ashamed about. And really the only thing that is of importance to me when it comes to building a good society, in fact, is the system, is the law, is, is anything that we set up as a structure. But other than that, you in the middle of a street somewhere, that's like gossip. 
You mean nothing except for social gossip. That's what you are, especially when they're misaligned. Let's not even go down that path. So I, I have no words personally. As a teenager, I was a lot less compassionate. Now that I'm an adult, I know a lot more about unresolved trauma. I have a lot more compassion because I understand where the nasty comes from and it ain't nasty it's poor children who don't learn how to be grown-ups but they want to go around thinking they're badass and they want to go around talking about human beings in certain ways and none of them have looked at their implicit memory they don't even know the word and even if you tell them huh I don't believe it you know okay keep on not believing it here's why mysticism or not there's no need for Claire's to know a nervous system because we are all nervous systems so let me share the story when people are reactive because they don't know how to use their prefrontal cortex, they are not a safer person to be around. No, they are unsafe because they don't know how to scout their territory. And they don't know that the minute that they're in there, by the way, sympathetic, they're like that lion. The minute you attack, you have lost your energy. You're done. You go. Either you win or you're out. And you have not, you have not done a good calculative risk. The only reason our sympathetic is needed is for actual situations that are threatening. Okay? So on that note, our body will also be able to know, like mine, it's a four foot nine body. My instinct is to hide. My instinct, whenever I perceive potential threat, is to leave. And I'm not ashamed of that because I actually want to live life, though. I don't care if somebody's going to, oh, ha, 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 okay, laugh at me, whatever you want. I'm still going to be out of here. <laughs> I'm not ashamed again of wanting to save my life. You can do whatever you want to do. Not to mention, it sounds so silly to me when people have had these conversations. I'm thinking, you know, we have had history with war. It's just sad. We still have war. This is sad. Why would anybody want to promote any type of fighting whatsoever? You don't know what you're talking about. When, you're, when people talk their mouths off, it's because this is the, they can, because we live in a world where they just have, this is, it's teenage land for those people. So when I see a person if they're big, it doesn't mean that they're going to keep me safe. They are going to show me what they're capable of when we're in the midst of trouble. And so when I see somebody who is ready to get into a fight because of egoic shit, yeah, you're not safe. I don't want to be around you. It's not about troublemaker. It's that you're a stupid person because you didn't calculate your scene, your terror. You didn't observe shit. You don't know what you're doing. You're just a little prick. The word that I would use, even though they're not. See, let me bring in the compassion. You're just an un, uneducated person who didn't get out of your dysfunctional pattern because you didn't notice that you as a person can move into a different way of being. And you also don't care about trauma-informed stuff because otherwise you would have figured out, wait a minute, my childhood. So long story short, people can figure out why they have a certain way if they stopped shaming and judging themselves and then society and did some work on their self because they want to and then they'd learn how to use their brain and you know the thing about people who like to talk i like to defend they would feel so much more empowered once they got into a routine with their ventral vagal state because their nervous system is beautiful the way it is so being inclined to protect in a way of charge meaning anger quote unquote is not a bad thing it's beautiful if you can harness it because you'll be a protector a true protector because obviously see i can't protect i can use my words 
but physically, I can't physically protect anyone. So I, in this case, and if we're looking at our society as a group, I'm not going to be counted on for that. And that's normal. So wouldn't you want a person who actually has the inclination to be a good protector to know how to use their brain? And here's why implicit memory and how humans are made is more important than some story <laughs> about spiritual warfare. <laughs> like, I don't even know, I swear. They're using their clairs so wrong. Oh, but they have plenty of room to, to do Star Wars. And, you know, so they're busy with that. But when we're here, it's all about people becoming people, okay? And so relationships minus the drama, moving into secure attachment. It's a beautiful journey. And I can already envision the energy of people who are protectors this way, it's, it's amazing because they then have the ability to use their brain. And, and, you know, some people, they're just so interested in it from an agonistic, like sports. Again, everyone has different subject matter interests, but I think of the one focus, because that's what that is. It's using all of my energy only in sports versus being able to be a person who thinks and and also is empowered and, and really I'm feeling the energy of the body of a person who has the embodiment of their own pure purusha prakriti, their pure consciousness, their pure energy and alongside it their inclined nervous system which is able to be in this uh, sympathetic, this well it's not sympathetic, it's a ventral vagal, it's an angry Buddhist quote-unquote. So a person who's able to be in their inclined ability to protect Okay, so that's just, uh, some of us are nurturers and some of us are protectors. I'm a nurturer because that's my, my body can give nurture. My body can't, in the eyes of another, say, I will protect you physically. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> some people are like, yes, like, no, please stop. Please, please don't be nice about this. Yeah, let, let's, be fa let's face the facts, okay? The, the size you are matters, and it doesn't matter when it comes to taking action. No, because big giants can fall harder, right? But I'm also a woman. I mean, there's attributes that make me know that physically speaking, I'm not a match. I, I'm sure if I were in a situation with children, that would be where I know my inclined nature would be to go and grab them all and bring them with me you know but 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 if I see grown-ups I'm, I'm like I don't stand a chance here <laughs> so anyways of course we all would respond but luckily for us we don't have to envision these situations so putting that to the side I'm just saying some of us are okay with being defined as weak or seen as weak because there's an understanding behind these geometric figures and what a presence can bring your energy matters of course it matters but energy doesn't mean physically so long story short though yeah big people don't mean they react no no i've seen small people like smallest in fact this is the part where i'm like wow okay that is amazing because it's like a little toothpick you think that it would have broke and no it didn't break so when i saw this i know in fact out of these are two of my friends and I told both of them I said uh, I would not trust to be with you because you don't know how to take action I'm not trying to be mean I'm just saying and they went on to say that they just you know weren't going to intervene they didn't care, whatever but even that even this part they they got justified other people why are you criticizing I said I'm not criticizing I'm making a point the person didn't do anything they're humongous and they talk a big talk all the time, they stood still watching the entire scene while I'm watching Toothpick Man 
do something that physically I thought that would not, I thought that person would break the minute, you know, like they're not breaking. They, they literally dragged a person out and I'm thinking, where'd you get the strength? I know you don't have a healthy body yet because you need to get on track with that. But long story short, that was instinctive. So what you learn about implicit memory, what you learn about people when you learn from attachment researchers, therapists, the neuroscientists, the good ones, not the ones that treat you like a robot. They're not good because they limit your potential and they equate all these things with their basically defined agendas, by the way. So when you meet a one focus, the data that's important is the data. Then there's a lot of contour that you need to filter through before you get to the important stuff. And although that's good to learn about because we got different groups, so it's always good to learn about different groups so you can speak to more of them. But still, it's for a person who likes to hear the data, when you hear all the contour and their agenda and everything, it's like, okay, are we done yet? <laughs> can you finish up giving me the important stuff that you learned from your, your research? But I should remember every person serves their purpose. So they, they serve a group. And on that note, um, as I was trying to get to, when they explain instinctively, we will not choose our body chose for us. And if you understand your body and you understand you, like I said, I know mine is fear. I am okay with it. And that's the number one, accepting yourself with your flaws and imperfections. And so the minute you can accept that you're imperfect and that you are just the way you are, and then you keep moving forward with a emotion of compassion towards yourself and others, it's going to determine how you continue to do things. So hate, hate is not a strong emotion. Thank you for confirming hate is not a strong emotion. It is actually a weak one. And it is one that is hiding when one feels it's unfair, I've used the word a few times, but I've never meant it. And even when I was a kid, I said, you know, you shouldn't use it. Because one, if you're saying it, you're saying it. Even if you don't mean it, you're still using it. And it's a very harsh word. So we all will use words. But when you think about what a word holds in its energy, not the meaning necessarily, because see, some of us, we are perceptive. And so words... They carry with them a vibration. They carry with them an energy. They carry with them meaning. But like I said, meaning for us from the dictionary, those who are intuitives, it's not important. When I'm hearing a song, I don't hear the lyrics. I hear the music. If I like the beat, if I like how it makes me feel, then I'm going to listen to it. In fact, it is silly sometimes because if I focus in on the words, I'm like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. I, I'm not really agreeing with all what you're speaking about, but I do like to hear the song because I like the way it makes me move. Okay, and here's where some people, subliminal messages. No, there's no subliminal messages, just the music. But then again, the music, obviously... Here, I don't know how some people listen to some music because they're vibing at this like energy of low, you know, but they like it. It makes them feel whole. And that's probably because that's how they feel life, implicit memory. And so right here, my implicit memory, my three-year-old is a whole heart. It's a giggly, laughing, happy, joyous, none of the sad stuff. And in fact, it's uh, deep too, but there's a difference between the depth of emotions that are uh, passion and not heartbreak, but you know, like teenage land, let's talk about something. There's a different tune and tone between songs that allow to express that emotion that I notice for me. So there's some things that I will not hear while others are okay. And what I mean by that is there are those songs that 
feel very much like I'm, I'm excruciatingly dying inside, okay? So human suffering, I guess. And others that are only expressing what would be the emotion that is being experienced. So the rawness of the emotion, which would not drama, because drama is lived from the sympathetic arousal state. But when there's a breakup, there's a depth of sorrow, bittersweet, I guess, even though bittersweet depends, even though, yeah, I guess bittersweet can be part of it. But here's where I try to describe the sensations, because there's a specific, it's, it's a... It's a pitch. And my friend, my music friend, actually, he shared with me, yes, I need to go revisit my list. He gave me a list of stuff that I have somewhere. But the pitch uh, actually brings forth emotion. So for me, there are certain pitches that I don't like. And other people will listen to those pitches, but not the pitches that I listen to. And they both are representative of a way to express sadness in situations with relationships, with life. Okay, okay. so on that note... uh, as we are all music, we're all vibration, we all are nervous system, we pick up on each other. If you learn to pick up on yourself and then bring yourself to your whole three-year-old heart, a securely attached person, so learning to be your safe haven means self-regulating, means you learn how to bring your ventral vagal nervous system online. You do this while you're in relationship, you do this with people. So healthy people, when Patrick Tehan uses that word or any of the psychoeducators, it means a person who knows they're not superior and fear to you. They know how to handle you with love and respect because they're a securely attached person. These are my 5D mystics, functional adults, the ones who want to be their own Zen master, who want a whole three-year-old heart because we can do it because it's called your human nature to be love. And really, it's because you're an embodied, very straightforward. So there's no reason for you not to be able to become an integrated brain. Again, the pillars of the mind, opening your awareness, uh, focusing, strengthening your focus, kind intent. But it's not just that. It's also, okay, I'm in a hypervigilant state because I'm used to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to learn to disengage. Okay, the shoe's not going to drop. I'm not going to go look for that fight. I'm not... I'm going to be allowing the feeling to rise and saying, hey, it's all good. We're no longer in that home. If, there, if, it's, a, if it's from a childhood trauma situation, that's no longer in my childhood home. I'm not a child anymore. I'm reliving something that came from my childhood. It's normal. It's here. It's typical. However, the words that a person will learn how to handle it, but it's you Basically, once you've made sense of the implicit memory, whenever any sensation comes up or behavior, if a person makes sense of it, it's because they look to their human story first. People with Claire's, the 4D, they get lost because they think that they are here to save. They equate themselves to saviors, which is very disrespectful. I immediately, that word, savior, saving, uh, I'm like, what the fuck? Are you egoic or what? You know, in my head, I'm like, that's egoic. You are doing, automatically, I knew of the word spiritual bypass without even needing it. And it's not because those people don't mean well. No, they all mean well, and they're all trying to help people the same way any of us are. But the difference is this, when I say I wanted to help people as a kid, and now I say it as a grown-up, and I've tried, and I keep on looking to correct, because I don't help people, I support people. I don't help you. I mean, I'll help you if you're on the floor, and if I can pick you up. But other than that, on your journey to be yourself, I'm supporting you. I'm inspiring you to tap into something that is already yours. You're motivated to get out of the dysfunctional pattern, or you're just motivated to be more of yourself. 
And that's where your motivation is in fact what counts because your nervous system is in your body, not mine. I can't regulate it for you. And if you reject me, which does happen, and you reject me not by rejecting me, you project. Because when a healthy person meets rage, heartbreak, what, what Patrick described, you know what happens? They throw it to you, not, not at you. Literally, I've found myself being thrown shit that had nothing in any, it's, and, and here's the other part, as a mystic, we will, pick, we will pick up on our oversoul. And this is something I don't need to go into detail about right now, but for my mystics, if you need guidance to navigate your oversoul, let me just share with you something that even without, again, knowing it, I intuitively did it. It's called differentiating the self of you. Daniel Siegel described it to me as I asked him a question in a moment of time. And it was where he said, Maria, I think you haven't been differentiating yourself enough. You need to differentiate yourself. And I was like, I have been, but I get what you're saying because I knew that I needed to do more of it. Okay. And more of it means to distance <clears throat> my nervous system from perceiving and staying within the sphere of what I'm picking up because of course this is where if you understand oversoul it means it's loved ones and so you understand that you are supporting even from afar but then again doesn't mean you're supporting really it just means you're picking up on a person's energy and where they're at and in fact it doesn't mean they're doing anything different with it for all you know they're repeating their same hypervigilant dysfunctional pattern and you just are picking up on that so on that note it's easy to differentiate because you will recognize it's not my nervous system it's not my energy it's not me because i feel good about life today i'm i was doing this i was doing that i'm not actually in any way shape or form heartbroken over anything nothing's going on i'm working whatever it is i'm doing shit I, I, this isn't mine <laughs> it's not me now, if you're in the room, the same thing goes. You check in with yourself. Was I feeling off? No, I was. Okay, nervous system. Okay, check and differentiation. Maria's Maria, the other person. Hey, what's up? You good? Are you good? Yeah, okay, cool. So the minute that you are present and you're tuning, it's because you're not making any assumptions and you then resonate or you check in. If they say, yeah, you know what? I'm having a really crappy day. That's when you're resonating and you get to trust, expand consciousness. What happens when you are in the presence of people who don't find it safe to co-regulate? Well, as I said, not pretty. No, no, not in any way, shape, or form. And when you pick up on their stuff from afar, also not pretty. However, not painful for a person who has an emotional body that is regulated by the human being who owns it. Whole three-year-old heart here. So securely attached people, <clears throat> the 5D mystic Zen masters, we're here to support others to become their Zen master, functional adult, or some are already here. And so we go out into the world and with our loved ones, we get to be compassionate. We don't cancel people. We don't do the bit of energy vampires, dark auras. No, we do the bit of I have implicit memory. Mine is great. And I work through it if instead there was a not so great first three years of one's life. Once you have your three-year-old whole heart here in your hand, nobody can pull at your heartstrings. You also know how to use your prefrontal cortex, so you know how to be a grown-up. And then as you move forward as a Zen master of yourself, and as a person who uses your clairs, no, you don't use them necessarily. The only time I use my clairs, it's for our content. When I'm reading tarot for my collective, when I'm doing channeled guidance, I will not use clairs with my family and my loved ones. I share with them. Yes, and I've learned how not to. 
when I've gotten projected shit that had nothing to do with me. And I also learned not to embark on any aspect that is beneath the surface because if a person doesn't want to choose to get to know their self, they will not choose to get to know their self. And their adaptive child will lead the way and they will have their inner child there. So when we pick up on their inner child, because that's what a 5D mystic will always pick up on, because we pick up on each other's hearts. So we'll pick up on the three-year-old broken heart or the three-year-old whole heart. And then we'll pick up on a lot of other things. But we create differentiation, which is why it's not something that affects us. It's something that we'll perceive. We'll try to resonate so that we can give a safe space for our loved ones to trust and expand their consciousness and share. And when they don't project, that's what they do. They unload. It doesn't affect us because it's them unloading something. And they are, by sharing their story, they're able to process that implicit memory. They're able to make sense of it. And they're able to close a loop. And they're able to expand. And we have shared a moment of life with them, which is precious and special and beautiful. And our implicit memory has nothing to do with theirs. And our nervous system has nothing to do with theirs. It's their nervous system and we pick up on each other like they pick up on us. And we safely co-regulate. And so that continues to happen. When instead there's not safe co-regulation, <clears throat> that's a different story. And again, we learn how to handle people with love and respect on purpose because we are human. So while somebody may be upset, we won't be upset at them for being upset and we won't be hypervigilant because they're hypervigilant and we won't be trying to read their mind or any of that. We'll, we'll be just engaging with them as a present person who's attuning and we'll learn how to navigate the plane that they navigate. And on that note, that's why our bonds, they consistently expand. So when you're a solo poly Amory, poly secure person, you have no issue talking about your polyamory status, for example. And that does not mean you're not afraid of being rejected, but you're okay with it because loving many is something that some of us embody. And that's because we have special bonds and that's because they won't go away because loving from our heart and the essence of us is where we know no separation. We don't say goodbye. And we're a big ball of energy. 5D mystic plane. So some, they are mono amorous and they can go for solo mono. That means solo is the part, not by yourself. It's because you are a safe haven, secure base. You don't build a life based on a couple centric. So it means you can have a couple mono or you don't have to. And in all cases, it's about how you live love, by the way. But what I'm trying to get at with the solo component is the enlightenment soul age person is with people or without people, life is always awesome. You're not necessarily focused on having to have a couple-centric life is what the solo part. So solo mono would be somebody who's good by themselves and then when they find the one, they have their monogamous relationship, a polyamorous, which is not polygamous necessarily. Polyamorous will have partners, not one. And it's ethical non-monogamy on that note as well as relationship anarchy and non-hierarchical because that's a point to me personally it's objectifying to want to use labels with people but that's why i said poly secure there are polyamory individuals who instead they want to securely attach with each other they give each other labels hierarchies all that stuff so if you're curious about it we have some episodes 
And that is a side note to what we've been discussing to say in our relationships and in practice, if you are a person who's securely attached, you're solo because you're able to handle self-regulation, nervous system, and speaking from your mouth. So you say, here's the data point, here's my story, here's my feelings, and here's what we can keep on you know, chit-chatting about together. 4D, collective, totally different spot. With their clairs, everything, all of it. And on that note, though, we want to just remember that no person chooses their household and the household didn't choose their household and so on and so forth. So as long as we have people with implicit memory that they don't know how to explain, they won't know how to explain the sensations that arise, the rage, the anger, the grief, all of that. They won't know how to do a lot of things with their emotions. So when we can give people a healthy space to unload it's good if they're expanding it's great to project uh, it's good that they get looked at with a compassionate lens and that they get treated with a loving and respectful tone because you will be able to make something of a difference they will be treated with respect which is something they don't know because a person again who has had unresolved trauma for their life and did not have a child-centric environment they had a dysfunctional one so again, you treating a person as a human being is something they don't know about. And that's why it will make a difference, at least in the way of them learning something new. They will learn that there are those who will not disrespect them just because of their manners or their emotions or their reactivity or da-da-da. They will know, of, wow, I was compassionately held for a minute there. Hmm, I'm going to think about that one. And that might be the only thing they need to get their self together and do something about the anger, the rage, or whatever it is, and work to move into their higher potential and move into their whole three-year-old heart, which is really beautiful. So get a good therapist or get some good information, you know, and, and really the, the part about therapy is important for those who have a level of childhood trauma because the EMDR, for example, combination EMDR, child parts, IFS, and then somatics, what was shared by the one lady, what she wished she knew, before she started therapy, it's a good combo because you work all of that stuff and you want to work with your implicit memory and you want to notice those behaviors and patterns and just have somebody who's supporting you. Obviously, we support each other. So again, remember, if we give people the opportunity and then when you're, I'm trauma-informed, somatic-informed, so I talk about things and when people are interested about themselves, they ask questions. Mysticism, the same thing goes. They ask questions, they put it into practice, and then they begin to integrate more of themselves and stuff like that. So it's a day by day process, and remembering that we have states of self, they are sensations, subjective experiences, they are not nouns, they are verbs, as pointed out by Daniel Siegel. They also have perspective, so we take a point of view, and they have agency, and that's where they take action. So states of self that we all harness as adults bring us together. Those who can be supported to bring their states of self together and their parts and all of that can make use of having those grown-up relationships. So functional adult love language, and remember we have episodes for that too. I will leave you with this. Have a wonderful day.